Today we will continue in our lessons from the life of Job. Job has been an example for us because of the degree of the suffering of the adversity that he had to face. But yet he come out victorious. Now we need to learn what is the key. So this morning we will look that God will bring us through the fire, yet not burned. Because he also declared that there are three baptisms. Baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and number three, baptism of fire. Now baptism of fire represents the suffering and the, the refining, the purifying that God wants us to go through. But he promised, even though you go through the fire, you will not be burned. So let's read first from Job 23, verse 10 until 12. If we can all stand up together and we will read these three verses. Job 23, start from verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and have not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. Amen. Please be seated. So here, Job declare that he knows God is putting him into the fire of trial. He can sense it. He can feel it. And it's not a good experience. It's not a nice, uh, pleasant experience to go through the fire. To go through the heat is even dangerous. But Job said, even when through these times, I shall come out as gold. You know, when you look at the gold, you cannot find 100% gold. Usually it's 99.999. So you cannot get into the 100%. And people have been trying to get even more and more refined. So Job himself had a testimony from God that God said, this is Job, a blameless upright, the one who fears God and turns away from evil. So Job had a good testimony even from God himself. Blameless. His way is straight. He's not turning to the left, to the right, or crooked. No. He was walking in a straight ways. But there is always room for improvement. To increase the degree of the purity of the gold. And we also see that it's not only with Job, but throughout the Bible, we read about uh, all this adversity, fire that 
all the people of God had to go through in their lives. We look at Abraham. He had to sacrifice his only, only son that was promised for a long time. But he had to sacrifice him. And Joseph, he was hated by his whole household. All his brothers conspired against him and sold him into slavery. And then the adversity continues on during his time in Egypt. David, he was hunted by his own father-in-law, which was a king. And it must be hard to run away from a king with the whole army. And we also see Mary. You know, Mary was very humble in spirit. But God says, there is a sword that will pierce your own heart. Because when he already was given a grace to raise baby Jesus, but then when Jesus grew up, he, she saw all the miracles, all the wonderful works of power that was done by Jesus. But then she has to witness the cruelty of the suffering of the cross that her son had to endure. And we also see Paul in the New Testament. He was persecuted by his own friends, his own countrymen, because he defended that the gospel has to be preached even to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. So all these people are undergoing a baptism of fire in their life. Then the question is not, why? Why I have to go through this suffering? Why I experience all these bad things? But the question is how? Because it will surely, we all will experience it in some degree or another. But we have to be prepared. How should we respond? So remember in James 1, we are being reminded that we have to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. So God doesn't put us into the baptism of fire just for fun. He is not just, okay, you need to go through suffering because I already had to go through it. But the intention that God put us through a baptism of fire is that so we'll, we'll be perfect, lacking in nothing. Sometimes we cannot see the thing that is still sticking to the gold that makes the luster of the gold is kind of murky. We cannot see the kind of things that is still engross us. But God, in His gracious eyes, 
He can see, oh look, I can up your purity. I can up you in the more glorious way. That's why, contrary to what we think, God says it's all joy. That means God wants to promote you into greater glory. And in James 5, James 5, verse 11, it says, Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So the problem number one is that most of the time, we quit too fast. Okay? When we have problems in the family, in the marriage, in the workplace, many times we prefer the way of escape. Oh, it's better to escape. Then I forget, I get away from all these problems. But God says, don't escape. You have to be steadfast. That means you have to endure. You have to be still in that place of refining. And remember, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. In all of this, maybe it seems like something that is really bad. But remember, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. When you look upon the kindness of God, God put limits to the damage, to the strike, to the attack of the devil. Yes, true. Maybe you've gone through some bad things. But if you want to look at it, God puts boundaries that says, okay, you can attack, but no more than this. Because God wants to preserve you. He doesn't want to damage you as if to destroy you. No. He puts limits and boundaries. And God also told the devil, Okay, okay, Satan, you can um, try Job, but don't take his life. So this is a message of God's sovereignty. Even though the devil is attacking, but there is God who is sovereign above it. And in his love, he will. Preserve your soul through adversity. And remember, when it says the Lord is compassionate and merciful, He knows God's perfect timing is the best. He knows what is the perfect time. So today we will see how Job is refined. Now, uh, 
we will see what are the things that after all this suffering, Job learned that he needs, oh, there is something in my life that I need to repent of. So we will see number one is about fear. The baptism of fire is addressing the fear in his life. And number two, watch out the mouth. And number three, about self-pity or the mystery. So let's look at number one, addressing fear. In Job 3 verse 25, it says, For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. In other words, Job was saying, what I've been afraid of, now it happens. And you know, what is the most dear to you? What is the most precious things in your life? Those things can make you worry and fear. For example, if the most precious thing in your life is your children, so you start to begin worrying when your child is away or when your children is doing something or that thing here. You know, you have all these kinds of worries. Oh, what if? Oh, what happened with them? Because they are so precious to you, you are holding them so dearly in your heart, then you can start to become worried and sometimes afraid if something bad is happening. That can be your children, it can be your spouse, or it can be your possession, what you have, what you own, maybe your house, your car. And here, Job, at that time, he had 10 children. And because the children, you know, if you have 10 kids, out of 12 months, there must be 10 months of birthday parties, right? So the kids, they like to gather together, celebrate, and had a party. So every time after they had been partying, then Job will pray for them. He will call them and he will pray for them. He will sacrifice because he was afraid that his children might have done something wrong, might have sinned which was good intention. But maybe underneath that good intention, there was still a fear and worry in his heart. And this is very human, right? This is very human. When we as parents, we are concerned, we are worried, oh, what if my children did something that makes them sinful but God is addressing that fear in Job's life because everything what is the most dear to you you have to release it to God you have to surrender to God everything and it says in John 
in the letter of John that perfect love casts out fear. So in order to cast the fear away, we have to pursue the perfect love. If you pursue how to love God and to be found in a love relationship with God, then suddenly the fear will start to decrease, decrease, decrease. Because God says, I will take care of your children. Your children will not go hungry. They will not beg for food. If you have a good relationship with me, and if you love me, I will protect you even in the day of calamity like in Psalm 91. Those are the promises for those who love him. So when we keep on loving him, we keep on treasuring his word. That means faith keeps building up in our hearts. And then the fear starts to decrease. And I believe looking back after all this suffering, all these horrific things that Job had to go through, looking back, he must have a strengthened faith. Wow, God can brought me out of those difficult, difficult times. So I'm sure I believe God will also be with me in the future. And this is true also with the people, the testimony that we heard from the people who went even into prisons. Coming out from the prisons, they were not fearful, but they become strengthened in their faith that God was with them. And God can do miracles. Number two, the refining fire, finding out that there is some problem with the mouth. Job 33, verse 13 and 14. Why do you contend or strive or quarrel against God, saying, he will answer none of man's words. For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. So this verse is being said by Elihu. Elihu was the last person of the friends that came to Job. And Elihu was the youngest but he was the one who spoke last and he spoke the truth. After Elihu spoke, then God backs up. God spoke to Job directly. And in this verse that we read, is Elihu rebuking. So remember sometimes when we receive rebuke, it doesn't sound nice. But actually, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God that God sent Elihu, the one who was young, but he was brave enough because he had the spirit of the Lord inside of him to speak. 
to Job who was older than him, who was known to be full of wisdom. But Elihu, because the Spirit of the Lord inside him prompted him to speak. And he said, why, Job, do you quarrel against God? Now, please put this in context, okay? Job, he was suffering. He was losing everything. Everything, literally everything was gone. And now his own body, it was so sick that he had to scratch all the time. His breath was offensive. It was bad thinking that no one would come close to him. Even his wife, even his servants, they all don't want to come close. And in all this difficult time, had to endure the pain. Nobody was helping, being alone. And the friends that came were not comforting, but all the three friends, they all pointing fingers to Job. You are guilty. Look, your condition. Look, what happened to you. You must be guilty. Now, after all these things, it's like everything was falling down on him. The disaster, the, the losing of his children, now the losing of his health, now his friends telling him that you must be guilty. Now, in all of those, Job could not hold it anymore. So he started to open his mouth and he wants to defend himself. Right? This is simple. Let's just put you in a meeting place. And everybody was like, you're wrong, pointing finger at you. And you feel like, I don't do anything wrong. Will you be quiet? Or will you give a defense? You want to explain. You want to give clarification. And many times, that's what we want to do, right? No, no, no. Let me explain to you. This is what happened to me. I want to explain. I want to let you understand my position. So, by doing that, Job starts to open his mouth. And in opening his mouth, he says, Lord God, you know that I am clean. I don't do anything wrong. But in defending his own righteousness, Job, in his words, he was found to be contending with God. So be careful. And let's read again in 34, 35. Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without insight. 
will that Job were tried to the end because he answers like wicked men. For he adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. Again in chapter 35, verse 16, Job opens his mouth in empty talk. He multiplies words without knowledge. And Job 38, now God is speaking to Job directly. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, out of the storm, and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? So Job lose control of his mouth. The first time he opens his mouth was innocently. He said, oh, I wish I were not, I was not born into this earth. If I'm to see all this thing happen in my life, I wish I would have been born dead. But then opening his mouth, word starts. It's like in Proverbs, it says, when you open your mouth in argument, it's like opening a dam. So the water starts rushing. It's not going to be only one sentence. It's going to be one after another, one after another, continuously. And in this opening of the mouth, Job was found that he spoke without knowledge because he didn't know he did not have the knowledge of the counsel of heaven in James it says the sign of a perfect man is in his mouth when you can control your words you are a perfect man Now, when things are okay, it's easy to control. But when you are under pressure, when you are being accused to control our tongue, is very hard. But we have the example of Jesus. Jesus was being accused harshly. All the things that he never done or speak. He was being accused of, but what does it say? He kept silent. I believe God will give us enough grace if we are willing to obey. Lord, Help me. Watch over my mouth. Help me, Lord, so I don't speak any wrong things. And the root of the words that comes out from our mouth is found in the heart. Out of the heart comes out everything from the mouth. So how do we take care? Cleanse the root. You take care of the heart and then your words will flow out according to what is 
in your heart. If your heart is clean, your word is full of grace. And like we have seen before that Job was talking, trying to defend his righteousness. And the Bible said, truth is like the sun shining in its full strength. So the truth, when it will shine in its full strength, you don't need to defend. You just have to be patient, waiting for the time that God will reveal the truth that you are blameless. So wait for the time that God will reveal everything. Sometimes now even, it's very hard to discern what is truth and what is not truth. Because sometimes those who are defending are ministers, pastors. But sometimes it's not 100% truth that they are talking about. But be sure, be sure that finally, sooner or later, the real truth will come out just like the sun. So you don't need to trying to hold on to your rights. This is my right. I should not be treated this way. You just wait for God to reveal. And it will come at a perfect time. And number three, in this fire of testing, it was found that Job had self-pity. Let's read Job 32, verse 1 and 2. So these three men ceased. They stopped to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then Elihu, the son of Barakel, the Bussite of the family of Ram, burned with anger. He burned with anger at Job because he justified himself rather than God. So this is the fire of testing reveal that Job had self-righteousness. Now we have to be careful because this self-righteous feeling that, oh, I'm good enough, I'm in the right, sometimes it can put a glass over our eyes that we cannot see. We feel that we are already attain we've done our obligation and self-righteousness is what hinders us from being broken in the presence of God when we are not broken in the presence of God God will not meet with us because he will only meet those who are 
broken and contrite in spirit. So this self-righteousness becomes like a, a spiritual pride. And it's, it says, Job justified himself rather than God. In his seal to defend himself. In his seal to prove that I am not wrong. He fell into the trap of God. Why you do this to me? I've done nothing wrong. I've been a good girl. I've been a good boy. Just like we talk to our parents. Why? I've been a good Christian. But why all these bad things happen to me? And be careful. Maybe you are right. But in doing so, you justify yourself. While we don't know the full picture of the ways of God. God has not finished yet. You are still in the midst of the fire. That means there will be time when God will take you out of the fire. There will be time when God will glorify you with even greater glory. So we don't have the full picture yet. But in the midst of the heat of the fire, we justify ourselves. So in this thing, Job feel pity on himself. Look at me. In my affliction, in my suffering. So let's read from first, uh, chapter 34. For Job has said, I am in the right and God has taken away my right. In spite of my right, I am counted a liar. My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. What man is like Job, who drinks up scoffing like water, who travels in company with evildoers and walks with wicked men? For he has said, it profits a man nothing that he should take delight in God. Therefore, hear me, you men of understanding, Far be it from God that he should do wickedness and from the Almighty that he should do wrong. So the, the thing that was coming from self-righteous and then self-pity, but yet Job had all these bad things, so he said, well, it doesn't profit me from being righteous. Righteous and unrighteous, we all go through bad things. No, that was wrong, right? For Job to say it profits a man nothing in pursuing God, in pursuing righteousness. Because in verse 10, God will not do wickedness. He doesn't do any wrong. Maybe 
It's just the season of life that we don't understand yet fully. Then while we are in that season, we better watch out our mouth. We better not have a pity party with ourselves. In Job 36, verse 18, beware, take care, lest wrath entice you into scoffing, and let not the greatness of the ransom turn you aside. Take care, do not turn to iniquity, for this you have chosen rather than affliction. Now let me just uh, highlight this first. We sometimes do the same thing that we choose to defend ourselves, to be self-pity to ourselves rather than affliction. So rather than enduring the affliction, we start to have pity on ourselves because we feel like, I don't deserve this. I deserve something better. What I have done good, I deserve, I am entitled to a better treatment than this. And because of that feeling, we feel like, oh, so pity me. And in this self-pity, self-pity causes us not being able to receive the mystery of God. Sometimes we cannot understand everything. But in receiving what you don't understand is being a childlike in the kingdom of God. A little children, they don't have to understand everything. But they just know that my parents, that my father, my daddy, and my mom, they are good. So we need to be able to receive the mystery of God, the mystery that we don't know yet, but we trust His heart, that His heart is good. Let's continue in Job 40, verse 6. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? So be careful. God in his goodness, never devise evil. God will not do anything wrong or wicked. So in everything that we experience, when we don't understand yet, we better say to God, God, I trust your heart. Even though I don't understand why all these things happen to me. 
Maybe your image has been so destroyed because what happened to you. And in those times, you have to trust his heart to receive the mystery that you don't yet understand. But you just hold his hand and his heart. So in this book of Job, we learn about the justice of God. In Job 34, verse 12, of a truth, or in other words, yes, surely, certainly, God will not do wickedly. The Almighty will not pervert justice. Job 37, verse 22, out of the north comes golden splendor. God is clothed with awesome majesty. The Almighty, we cannot find him. He is great in power. Justice and abundant righteousness, he will not violate. So if you know who our God truly is, the true knowledge of God, you will understand that God is a just God. He will not violate justice and righteousness. The only thing we don't see is sometimes His justice is not limited with our earthly timeline. His justice can go beyond our timeline here on the earth. He will bring everyone into accountable in the white throne judgment. So if you don't see the justice here, you just have to wait. You just have to be sure that it is in his character that he is a judge God. He is a God that is a judge, but also just. And we need to understand if we have so good things in our lives, sometimes you don't reap it. But the ones who will reap is your children, your grandchildren after you. So don't put everything in your life span because God is dealing with generation after generation. So that's the justice of God. And in finally, in closing of the story of Job, this is the proper response in Job 42. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes." So Job having the fear of the Lord, being rebuked by Elihu and even by God himself, now he confessed, he repent. So this should be our attitude as well. When God brings us through the fire and we found things in our lives that is still, oh, this is happened in my life, in my heart. 
oh, why my mind is thinking about this all evil things? So that is the time to repent. When you have to acknowledge your mistakes, acknowledge what you have done wrong. And it says that God told the three friends of Job to bring offering. And they say, he said to those three friends, you bring offering, go to Job, and Job will pray for you, and I will forgive you. So Job had to pray for his friends who have insulted him, who had accused him of things that he never done. When Job prayed for them, that means Job had to forgive all his accusers, all his betrayals. These were supposed to be friends, but now they become accusers. And Job had to forgive them. And what happened when Job prayed for them? He forgave them. God restored the fortune of Job. And he forgave his friends. And I believe this promise of restoration is also for you and me. But we need to have the same response. So let's have the musicians to come forward. And we all stand up together in God's presence. Let's just put ourselves before God. Anything that He reminds you of. Maybe it's the words that you have spoken against God. Maybe it's words of disappointment. Why, Lord? Why this? Why that? Right now, when we are in His presence, let's not delay. Okay, I'll, I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll repent tomorrow. But when God gives you opportunity and time, you better use it wisely. And in this moment, let's just bring ourselves before God. Come to Him in repentance. And let's say, Yes, Lord, I trust that you hold my life in your hand. You have perfect plan. I trust you with all my heart.